This week on WealthTrack, award-winning muni manager Robert DeMella on seismic shifts in both the municipal bond market and his portfolios. Robert DeMella is next on Consuelo Mack WealthTrack. Hello and welcome to this edition of WealthTrack. I'm Consuelo Mack. The nearly $4 trillion municipal bond market is attracting record amounts of investor money. Year-to-date, more than $40 billion has poured into municipal bond funds, one of the highest inflows on record. Now, one key factor for Muni's attractiveness is the higher taxes being paid by many individual taxpayers following the tax reform bill, which was passed in 2017, but took effect in 2018. Before 2018, taxpayers itemizing deductions could deduct the full amount of state and local taxes known as SALT from their federal returns. Now the itemized deductions for SALT are capped at $10,000 per return. According to New York Life Investments, nearly 11 million tax filers, the vast majority of whom are married filing joint tax returns, lost $323 billion worth of deductions, or almost $30,000 per return in 2018. Now, the pain is especially acute in high-tax states such as California and New York, and it's not just hitting the wealthy. In California, the 2017 median household income was approximately $70,000. They face a 9.3% state tax rate. In New York, the 2017 median household income was approximately $62,000, and that group faces a 6.33% state tax, plus another 3.876% if they live in New York City, where the total jumps to 10.21%. So it doesn't take much taxable investment income to push those middle-income tax filers above the $10,000 SALT limitation. The combination of higher tax rates and a dearth of income globally are adding to the allure of municipal bonds. Top muni fund manager Robert DeMella says there are other factors at work as well, which are causing a seismic shift in the municipal bond market and a significant change in strategy at his firm. DeMella is the co-head of the municipal manager's team at Mackay Shields, where he oversees more than $40 billion in assets. Jamela is also co-portfolio manager of several award-winning mutual funds, including the flagship Mainstay Mackay Tax-Free Bond Fund, which he has managed since 2009. Morningstar gives it four-star and bronze medalist ratings. Jamela has also co-managed the Mainstay Mackay High Yield Municipal Bond Fund, this one since 2010. It is also rated four-star by Morningstar and carries its bronze medalist designation. I asked Demella why the muni market is attracting so much money. The primary reason for that is the Tax Reform Act that was signed into law at the end of 2017. That basically shifted, and everybody thought it was a tax cut. It was for corporations, right. but it wasn't really for wealthy individuals, especially wealthy individuals in high tax states. Those individuals saw tax liabilities increase, not decrease. They lost a lot of deductions. And we wrote this in our insights. Makai um, Municipal Managers wrote it in our insights mm-hmm. at the beginning of last year saying, this is going to change the technicals. Demand is going to become very extreme, and it's going to allow the municipal marketplace to outperform most other fixed income asset classes because of the change in the technicals. Right, which it did last year, did 2018. It's, it started to last year, right. but it really kicked in this year, ah. the first and second quarter of this year. And the reason for that is 
a lot of people don't really pay attention to their taxes until they sit down with their TurboTax or with their accountant, and then they calculate the numbers, and then they figure out what the liabilities are. Some people do forecast it and, mm-hmm. and prepay ahead. Most do not. And so that is why we literally waited until February, March, and April of this year that people realized, wow, my liabilities right. really actually did go up. So they started talking to their investment advisors mm-hmm. and said, how do I protect this? And they're like, well, municipal bonds are still protected. And so you increase your allocation there. So that is what the biggest driver of the strong flows in the municipal marketplace have been. Secondly, it's because the Federal Reserve went to a patient sideline bias at the beginning of the year. That was a pretty much 180 degree turn. For over three years, as you know, they were in a, a tightening bias. Right. Raising short-term interest rates to try to temper the economy and to try to temper inflation and expectations in the future. That had everybody worried about rates interest rate going up. You know, going up and bond prices going down. Mm-hmm. And so at tempered investor enthusiasm for all bonds, including municipal, mm-hmm. once they went to the sidelines, it literally allowed the investor base to say, well, I'm not really worried about the bond market rates going up anymore. So that actually contributed to the increase in demand that we've seen in the municipal marketplace in 2019. And what's interesting is so that when you think of the, the municipal marketplace, it's, it's mostly retail, right? It's most has traditionally been mostly individuals looking to shelter their, their income. Um, but there, there are other players getting involved now. So the municipal marketplace will always be dominated by retail investors. Right. Approximately 70% own municipal bonds. They own it for capital preservation, a reasonable tax-exempt income stream. They like investing in the shared infrastructure and services in their local communities, mm-hmm. schools, hospitals, water and sewers. That's never going to change. It's a core position of the retail investor to own municipal bonds. Over the last several years, as you pointed out, and it really was driven largely because of the negative rate environment. Right. Negative interest rates on a global basis, predominantly in Europe and Asia, has caused institutional investors to look elsewhere. And so they're starting to look at the municipal bond market. Um, It started with an increasing of taxable municipals under the Obama administration Mm -hmm. in 2009 with what was called the Build America Bond Program. That allowed municipal issuers, instead of issuing tax-exempt debt, to issue taxable debt. Now, all of a sudden, pensions, foundations, and endowments on the U.S. started looking at it, but so did foreign buyers, Mm -hmm. because now they can buy a state of California taxable bond, um, and it was very, very attractive for them. And so we've seen an increase in what we call non-traditional buyers, Mm -hmm. that is foreign buyers, but also U.S. domiciled tax-exempt entities, Mm -hmm. people who don't pay taxes institutionally in the United States, that part of the municipal marketplace still continues today to be a very, very attractive space. Why does it exist? Everybody thinks of those municipals, again, as tax Tax exempt. Tax exempt, right. So, but the federal government, the IRS dictates how much of tax exempt issuance can happen. Um, In addition to that, not only is it a cap by each state, Mm -hmm. they also say what can be used to issue tax exempt, the uses of the funds, what can be used and what can not be used. So the government, the IRS wants to limit, they control the amount, the Correct. supply of, of tax exempt municipal Correct. debt. So okay. Exactly. So there's a reciprocation in the United States with the federal government and the states. The reciprocation is the federal government allows the states to issue tax exempt debt that's exempt from federal mm-hmm. taxes. Mm-hmm. The reciprocation is that states will not tax treasury bonds. 
treasury bonds right, are taxed are at the federal level. They're not taxed at the state taxes. level. Right. So that's part of the... Oh, I but see. they actually cap the level of that reciprocation from the IRS rules. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean... Now, uh, state of California, as an example, New York, can actually issue more than that. But if they want to go over the cap or if it's in different type of proceeds, they just simply have to issue a taxable municipal bond. I see. And so they actually believe it's not only a growing space, but it's actually one of the more attractive um, parts of the fixed income marketplaces. And, and why is that? I think when you're talking about taxable municipal bonds, right. you think of these in conjunction with um, investors' core fixed income strategies. Think treasuries, think corporates. And the reason why it's resonating so well with these investors is because we are in the late cycle, right? The economy is expanding for a very long period of time. What do you do with portfolios? You want to right. quality up the portfolios. You want to get a little more balanced on the yield curve, right? Um, credit spreads narrow in the late cycle, narrow down. They have been doing just that. And that's what we are doing at New York Life Investments in our portfolios, qualitying up our portfolios. Mm -hmm. That's what investors are supposed to be doing. Well, if you're a taxable investor buying corporate bonds, half of the corporate index is triple B rated. Now, a low triple B rated bond has a lot of risk associated with mm -hmm. it if the late cycle turns into no economic growth and a recession. Right. The spreads on those bonds will, in fact, at a minimum, start to rise and, and underperform. And so, so just if, if we go into a recession, the companies with you know, weaker credits who are not as financially strong will weaken and therefore, so they're Correct. triple B rated so bond. So they might get downgraded to non right. investment grade. Right. When that happens, the price of those bonds drop. Yes. And so you're trying to protect yourself from reducing that exposure. Taxable municipals allows you to do that. The taxable municipal marketplace is, uh, largely speaking, much higher credit quality than the corporate space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is basically a double A, double A minus average credit quality. There are some triple B bonds. There's virtually no high yield bonds in the taxable oh, municipal space. Mm -hmm. So it's a really high quality market. So it, it's, it's a natural um, fit for investors in a late cycle to pivot mm -hmm. to taxable municipal bonds. So we believe from a credit perspective, they'll hold up better. The income is um, roughly equal to the corporate space right now. All right. But think about that. You're actually buying a higher credit quality bond roughly right. equal to an income stream. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you're, not give, you're actually picking up credit. You described to me earlier that the municipal bond market is undergoing a seismic shift, which sounds very dramatic. What is the seismic shift that you think we're seeing in the municipal bond market? When you look at the landscape in the municipal marketplace, we are dominated by retail again. And so their, their be, in, investor behavior um, is risk averse, borderline hyper risk averse. So I mean, is that now in particular always, or just always? Always. Right. It's just their whenever an investor thinks about their municipal allocation, it's their sleep safe at night, mm -hmm. buy and hold type of strategy. It's over here, it's ballast. I take risk in equities, I take risk in real estate, I take risk in a lot of other investment, their investment portfolios, not munis. They All don't right. think of munis as any risk or don't want risk, and they don't think of it as a total return. We think a little differently, but that's what, what is dominant in the municipal marketplace. So therefore, technicals, uh, headline news has a big impact on our marketplace. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about a seismic shift, 
Seismic shifts can basically come from two different directions. Either be fundamental credits, mm -hmm. right? The economy is changing, people are moving out of a certain state and going to other states, or it could be technical, just supply and demand mm -hmm. changes. Now, a fundamental analysis, you have to take a step back and reevaluate everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. Is the economy growing or slowing? Is the inflation expectations increasing or decreasing? And what will happen with bond prices over time? Is it generally an up or down trend? You have to be very thoughtful and kind of think about that with your investment thesis. Are you doing that? We are. Okay, so, so this we is a time that calls that. for a fundamental reassessment. Without question. And the reason is, is because the Federal Reserve did just change. They went from a tightening bias to patience and probably sooner rather mm -hmm. than later going in an easing cycle. That changes the fundamental landscape and that you have to retest your thesis as to what is going to happen and how you rebalance your portfolios. Then there's the other type of seismic shift that go on, and that's the technical, supply and demand. Now, fundamental can be a little more permanent in their changes in the, in the trends of the bond market. Mm -hmm. Technicals tend to be just temporary. Right. They have a very high mean reversion trade. So when, I'll use an example today, when these, all these heavy flows that are coming into these mutual fund complexes mm -hmm. slows down, or stops or even goes as far as reversing and going into redemption cycle. Mm -hmm. What is going to happen to the relative pricing in the municipal marketplace? We're going to go from trading too tight or too rich, having less value, uh -huh. to showing value again. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, when you're in a technical landscape, this is one of the seismic shifts that we were talking about going on here, separate than the fundamental seismic mm -hmm. shift. The technical seismic shift means you're supposed to quality up, allow investors who are chasing yield to own to do it, that. sell it to them, right. let them chase it. You right. don't do that because mm -hmm. if you're chasing yield in a tight marketplace, you're not you know, setting up your portfolio very well to perform well going forward. So do we have both types of shifts going on now? We've both got both the fundamental, which we get because the Fed has changed right. and we're in a late cycle, as you said earlier. Mm -hmm. So therefore the economy, you know, the next phase of the economy could be weakening or right, possibly recession right. a while. But then, and, and we're also undergoing a technical shift in the supply-demand equation? Correct. Exactly. We're half the year through, and we already have $45 billion. These mm -hmm. are very, very strong flows. Right. So the, the technicals are really strong. The demand is far outstripping supply right now. Mm -hmm. So that reprices everything higher. And so it is important, again, to go back to our, the, our beginning of the year insights to be tactical. Mm -hmm. Shift it, come out in credit quality, get a little more balanced. I'm not going to say get really defensive, but mm -hmm. at least get, get a little more um, patient with the investment horizon in the municipal marketplace because these, tech, these seismic shifts, these technicals can sh shift and change very quickly. You never know what's going to cause it. Right. So you're absolutely right. Today is a difference between a fundamental shift and a technical shift. Early last year when you were on, early in... 2018, when you were on Wealth Track, you were de-emphasizing general obligation bonds, which mm -hmm. you had for quite a while, which are the ones that I always had thought of as mm -hmm. being the safest municipal bonds, the ones that you should, everyone should own. Right. And and you were emphasizing really specific revenue kind of bonds, things what uh, transportation, you know, what toll bridges or whatever, I, I, right. airports, yeah, dedicated revenue bonds, right? Like tolls, bridges, water and sewers, right. and and I and I remember some you know some hospitals, some mm -hmm. higher education bonds, whatever it was, correct, and and also high yield as you just described. So that worked out really well, right? Yes. And so it was in the 
fourth quarter of 2018 that you've, you started to change that. Correct. So now your emphasis is on higher quality. So does that mean you're going to general obligation bonds, for we, instance? Or? We actually are. Right. Okay. We actually believe, so the economy has been expanding for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Most state and local governments today have returned to um, surpluses in the rainy day funds. Um, and that has allowed more upgrades than downgrades in the geo tax back right, sector. So that's great. Right. It is very good. Mm -hmm. um, the municipal marketplace is much stronger today than it was 10 years ago going into the financial crisis or mm -hmm. coming out of the financial mm -hmm. crisis, I should say. Not out of the woods completely. A lot more work to be done. But we believe at the beginning of this year, because of those surpluses coming on and the austerity measures are still going to go on and with these upgrades, GOs are now going to outperform revenue-backed bonds for the first time in several years. Mm -hmm. So our portfolios ah. definitely made the tactical change at the beginning of the year, the end of last year, um, in order to um, take advantage of these shifting phenomenon that's going on in the municipal marketplace. Right. So an another thing that you emphasized when you were on in early 2018 was something called, and, our, and I remember I had not heard of them for years, insured wrapped bonds. Mm. Where, and these, these, are in, these are bonds that are insured as they were, you know, be, during the, before the financial crisis, there were a lot of insured municipal bonds. It was a big business. They basically, that entire section imploded. Most of them are no longer Right, the but there were a couple of, of insurance companies that are now in, insuring bonds. And, and so you were buying these insured rep bonds and specifically some of them were Puerto Rican bonds. So tell me right. about that sector of the yeah. market. So we like insured wrapped bonds. Right. Uh, there's predominantly. You still do. We still do. Okay. There's an overemphasis in our portfolios on it. We're overweight then mm -hmm. versus the benchmarks. Um, it, think about it as buying a bond with both a belt and a suspender on it. Mm -hmm. So you have not only the backing of New York City Waters mm -hmm. as a credit, but you also have an insurance company on it. So if New York City Water has problems, the insurance company steps in and actually helps pay the coupon payments and maturity when due. And, and the insurance companies that are insuring these things, they're financially strong. They can make good on these payments if they need to. Is that so you've got so to assess the insurance company's credits too, Yes right? and no. You have to, exactly. You have yeah. to stress test the insurance companies, pay attention to the insurance companies. We do, and our team has been doing that for nearly 30 years. Uh -huh. So not all insurance companies are the same. Right. There's two really strong ones in the marketplace today, Assured Guarantee and Build America Mutual. Mm -hmm. And then there's some others who have longer, older legacy portfolio of mm -hmm. bonds, uh, wrappers, insurance companies, sorry. Um, that have some value, not quite as much. Mm -hmm. um, so you do have to do your work on not only the underlying bond, but the insurance company. But these bonds, in our opinion, are, are trading too high of a yield. The spread on these bonds is too high. They're, the marketplace is putting virtually no credit or little credit into the wrapper All right. itself. And that's the, the value trade on mm -hmm. these bonds that will help it outperform. You brought up Puerto Rico. Yes. Now, we just so happen to be one of the only firms who have actually been really successful in investing in Puerto Rico for the last seven years. Of all of our, specifically with regards to insured wrapped mm -hmm. Puerto Rico mm -hmm. bonds, we have yet to lose money each and every year for the last seven years in our investment grade portfolios in Puerto Rico. So you're being paid. You're being paid interest. You're being paid the interest. You're being paid if they the mature, you're payment. being paid mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when certain wow. unenhanced Puerto Rico bonds fell down to twenty five cents on the dollar through this whole restructuring and bankruptcy uh, process that right. is still going on today, by the way, in, in the U.S. territory, insured bonds went as low as eighty five cents on the dollar. 
That's a big differential. Huge. That shows huge value. In addition to that, a lot of those bonds that went down to 25 stopped paying their interest coupons mm -hmm. three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. The insured bonds are continuing to pay. Mm -hmm. And not all insurers are paying full claims, by the way. Right. Most of them are. Some of them are paying only roughly 25, 30 cents, cents on the dollar per their claims. But most of those bonds are much higher today. As a matter of fact, most insured bonds today in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. are trading at a premium. Wow, to par. So there, isn't that amazing? Right. Yes. And so, but again, that is, at Mackay, it's a relative value. It's, yes. It's how do you think you're going to make money? And a lot of times these headline news, now I'm talking about, the, we're talking about Puerto Rico mm -hmm. here, for, in a retail-dominated marketplace. Right. The reason why the opportunity comes is because retail is risk-averse. They don't want this in their portfolios. And so the selling pressure getting back to these seismic shifts that go on, mm -hmm. these technicals that hit our marketplace to a rather significant degree, continue to make these opportunities pop up in our marketplace that we as a firm, we try to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. It does not mean, by the way, every single negative headline news we're running into and buying bonds. Right. Sometimes the headline news are factual and you've got to be careful. But generally, our, our team is designed from a fundamental credit perspective to delve into that and determine for our clients whether they're supposed to be doing that or not. Bob, liquidity is a problem in all of the bond markets. And mm -hmm. it, it, how much of a problem is it in the municipal bond markets? And therefore, how easy is it to be tactical? What you're describing is to try to be pretty nimble. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, the lack of liquidity breeds the opportunity. Hmm. We have talked to clients since the financial crisis that the single most important factor keeping our team up at night when we are managing their capital for the municipal marketplace is the lack of liquidity. Mm -hmm. Most participants in the municipal marketplace think credit is the biggest concern in munis, especially since the financial crisis and everybody's reading about the pension and healthcare uh, structural imbalances. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is going to you know, bankrupt states and local governments. It's a big problem, don't get me wrong, but it's not the biggest problem in the municipal marketplace because actually if you have a team that's good at credit mm -hmm. and can be flexible and maneuver through this, mm -hmm. you know, we believe we can control credit by what we own and what we don't own, or more importantly, when you own it. Right. There's no bad bonds. There's bad prices. Mm -hmm. you, know, you wait for the better price to in enter into that space. At New York Life Investments, all of our mutual funds have rather significant cash reserves mm -hmm. in our portfolios. Mm -hmm. For a municipal bond portfolio, that's not normal mm -hmm. because these are sold by yield, mm -hmm. not necessarily total return. Right. We don't sell our funds by yield. We are telling clients, we're going to give you a better risk-adjusted total return, but we have cash reserves in our portfolios to mitigate A, any for selling, mm -hmm. because that mm -hmm. gets very expensive. That is where the lack of liquidity right, from a really transaction cost, that's what really hurts. Right. So put yourself in a position where you are not a for seller. Second, now you have a cash reserve when the seismic shift happens, when the technicals change and you are under pressure, Right. now you can be a bid mm -hmm. against other counterparties in the marketplace who need a bid. Right. Because they have to sell. Right. And so we run our mutual funds very different than the industry average. Mm -hmm. We have cash reserves. We don't use uh, leverage. So I, I sit here and talk about how being an active manager, active does not mean risky. Mm -hmm. We just believe active is being a little more thoughtful and tactical on how you deploy your money in the municipal marketplace. Um, and that is really important, I think, for investors, your average investor, to think about in the municipal marketplace um, because they really don't think of it that way. Right. 
I always ask every guest on Wealth Truck at the end of every interview is if there's one investment we should all have in a long-term diversified portfolio, what would it be? And the last time you were on, it was closed and municipal bond funds, uh, which we didn't know a lot about, but you explained them to us mm. and they've worked out really well. So what would it be this time? I think it's actually taxable municipal bonds. It's, it's, it's a new place, you know, and I think clients are supposed to look at it. Um, we're not a firm that what, tries to deliver products that everybody's trying to sell. We try to think thoughtfully at products we believe clients are supposed to own. It adds value to a diversified portfolio. And so now we're asking clients to think about their their qualified accounts, their taxable mm -hmm. fixed incomes, and put a sleeve of municipals in there and taxables. And I think it's going to pro provide a very, very attractive income stream for them and its defensive nature is in a late cycle mm -hmm. right now. And so I would put taxable municipal bonds in that category this year. Bob Jamelis, so great to have you on from Akai Shields. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me again. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is take Demela's advice and look into taxable municipal bonds. Taxable municipal bonds offer high credit quality as a group, higher than corporate bonds, yet offer roughly the same income. We are long in the economic cycle. The recovery set a new record for longevity in July at 121 months. It could go on for several more years, but at some point the economy will weaken and the higher credit quality found in taxable municipal bonds will matter more. Well, next week during Public Television's summer fundraising drive, we revisit a recent program on how to avoid running out of money in retirement. Personal finance experts Christine Benz and Frederick Axeter provide solutions. In this week's extra feature, Bob DeMella discusses the similarities between being a pilot and managing muni portfolios. Having a flight plan is essential for both. In the meantime, please continue to reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our YouTube channel. Thank you for taking the time to visit with us. Have a lovely weekend and make the week ahead a profitable and a productive one.